Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 229 of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank you for being here with me today. Hope life is going great and I hope you're winning all of your hands. Although, it's pretty hard to win all your hands. Today we have a hand from a $300 buy-in tournament that took place at Stone's Gambling Hall. We're at the final table. They're still nine-handed. They've been playing nine-handed for an hour, which is pretty tough to do whenever there are a bunch of 10 big blind stacks hanging around. But that's what we're doing today. So... Let's go ahead and get right to the action. Let's take a look at the chip counts. So in this hand, the two relevant players are going to be Brian, the big stack, with 100 big blinds, and Dirty Donna, second in chips with 50 big blinds. Also, note the rest of the table has a lot of shallow stacks. Um, Norm's also going to be in this hand with 28 big blinds. And there is a 7 big blind stack and a 17 big blind stack hanging around. So in this scenario, Brian is... I believe, um, in the hijack seat, or the cutoff seat. Uh, Dirty Donna, under the gun plus two, with queen 10 offsuit, with, a again, remember a 50 big blind stack, elects to raise queen 10 offsuit. It's not a good hand. Queen 10 offsuit should definitely be folded, especially if Brian, the big stack, is playing a decent amount of hands. He's really going to want to try to play pots in position against the medium stacks, Dirty Donna, right? So if your opponent should be very incentivized to call your raise, or re-raise you, then you should just fold out a lot of the junky hands. You can consider opening these hands if everyone at the table is really, really tight, but that is not the case at this table. Also, Donna is raising into multiple shove stacks of 15 or 20 big blinds, and if you get jammed on with queen and offsuit, you have to fold. So this is just not a hand you want to play. You need to fold this preflop. So she opens up under the gun plus two. Gets around to Brian in the hijack seat. He likes to call with ace-three of clubs. Now, I think calling is fine and reasonable, but you could also consider re-raising. The problem with calling is that you're often not going to be closing the action on the flop because the cutoff and the button both get the opportunity to call, and they often will. Also, now, if you get squeezed, if someone decides to re-raise, then you have to fold the ace-three suited, right? In this scenario... Jmar in the cutoff actually had ace-nine offsuit with a 17 big blind stack. I think this is a pretty sweet spot to go for a shove, especially if we think Donna is opening too wide. I mean, as she is, she's playing queen-10 offsuit. And if you think Brian is calling quite wide, as he is, he has ace-three suited. It is worth mentioning Brian has three bet a time or two, so it's not like he's playing really nitty or you think his calling range includes hands like aces because he has three betting some. So I think Jmar needs to jam this ace-nine offsuit, but he just folds and plays on his phone. Try to not play on your phone. These players are at a streamed final table, as you can see here. Um, however, you really don't want to be on your phone too often. I'm sure they're getting texted people's hands, though. Uh, G-Dog elects to call on the button with a seven of hearts. We did not see that. It went by so quickly. And this is kind of the same spot as um, Brian. I think he should definitely consider three-betting. He could actually jam here. Notice if he shoves and everyone folds. He picks up 70,000 chips. That is a huge increase to his stack. And if he does get called, he still has some equity. So I actually don't hate jamming in this spot with a 30 big blind stack. Um, I don't know if you should even call in this scenario with a seven of hearts on the button, but it, it is close and probably okay. Then small blind folds, and it's on CX in the big blind with queen nine offsuit. For 12,000 more, it's probably fine to call. I mentioned an, ep an episode or two ago that you should fold stuff like queen five offsuit here, but queen nine offsuit is good enough. Um, CX did this thing where he acted like he was going to call 
or maybe fold. He acted unsure, and you definitely don't want to act unsure when you actually are unsure. All right, flop comes nine, five, three, two spades, one heart. So Dirty Donna has queen high with a backdoor flush draw, backdoor straight draw, 10 highest spade draw. Uh, G-Dog has the nut flush, backdoor nut flush draw and overcard, and Brian has bottom pair. So Dirty Donna checks, and on nine, five, three, I think it's fine just to check. I may still be inclined to throw out a bet, though. With the backdoor flush draw and the overcards and a backdoor straight draw, it's probably okay to put out a bet of something like 45,000. If you do that and the opponents have nothing, they're definitely going to fold, and there are a lot of good turn barreling opportunities for you. However, it's also pretty easy for Brian to just raise you immediately or call and then look to apply aggression on later streets, so you do have to be somewhat cautious. But I think if you did open queen 10 offsuit, it's probably just fine to go ahead and bet, especially given this hand has no showdown value and can't really justify check calling. So now it's on Brian with his bottom pair, and I think he should probably make a bet. When Donna checks, she's probably somewhat capped at something like an pocket eights or worse. So you're not doing great against her check calling range, but she also has lots of various unpaired hands, which you really want to protect against. And G-Dog on the button, he can have lots of stuff too, given he just flatted, lots of various overcards. So I think it is fine to go ahead and bet, and I would bet something like forty-five or 50000 at this point. And that's just because the board is at least a little bit coordinated. If the board was very uncoordinated, like 9-5-3, no flush draw, you should probably bet a little bit smaller. Uh, Brian does bet forty-five k, which I think is fine. Now it's on G-Dog, and I think it's actually close with the backdoor flush draw and um, overcard and backdoor straight draw if it comes off 8-6 or 6-4. He decides to fold, though, and you certainly can't fault him for folding there. But whenever you are playing against two somewhat aggressive players, like we have Donna, who's playing a lot of pots, and also Brian has been reasonably aggressive, you should at least consider sticking around. But he does fold. Now it's on Donna. 45,000 to win 136 plus or 45. This is just an easy fold, I think, with the overcards and garbage. It's not good to continue with garbage. However, Donna decides to call. She looks back at her cards thinks it over a little bit more, and then is going to put in the call. And I think this is definitely a mistake. You're out of position against the big sack. This is the one player who can apply aggression to you somewhat relentlessly, which means you're not going to have the opportunity to bluff him. And often, if he does have a hand like, let's say, pocket eights, he's going to check behind on the turn and then call any river bats. So if Donna is going to continue in this spot, I think she needs to check raise to something like 150k. And that will make Brian fold out a lot of his marginal hands and bluffs. Turns a two of hearts, so it doesn't help either player. G-Dog's wishing he was still in the spot now. He would have turned a gut shot and flush draw. And now, notice Donna doesn't really have any great options. If she leads now on the turn, what's really going to happen? Well, Brian's going to call with all of his hands with an ace in it, which should be a decent chunk of his range. And he's certainly not folding a pair. So this is not going to go so well for if she leads. And once she checks, as I think she should, she somehow finds herself here, uh, Brian should probably check behind. He uh, does not, at this point does not need to protect his hand anymore because he should have gotten a lot of the various overcards to fold. It didn't happen this time, but usually those hands are going to fold. So he's going to have a marginal made hand against his opponent's marginal made hand. And in that scenario, you typically don't want to bloat the pot, especially if your marginal made hand is very marginal. You're often not trying to bluff your opponent off of pocket eights or maybe a, a nine, like hand like nine eight they decided to check because it's just not folding especially if you have an aggressive dynamic, as these players do. So check, check on the turn. I think that's fine from both players. 
River now is the three of diamonds. So Brian makes three of a kind and Dirty Donna has nothing. Well, she needs to bluff. I don't know how many worse hands are in her range, but probably none. Typically in this scenario, when I am designing my river strategy, I often want to have at least two bet sizes, one small and one big. And the way I usually put my bluffs into my range, because you want to have bluffs in each portion of your range if you are trying to play a balanced game theory optimal strategy, I usually put my best high card bluffs or pair bluffs, whatever you have in this scenario, into my small bet size. You may ask, why is that? That's because whenever you bet small, sporadically your opponent is going to call the worst hand. Like say Donna decided to bluff with ace six in this scenario or king jack. Every once in a while, Brian's going to make a ridiculous hero call and he's going to lose. So your small bet size typically wants to have your best bluffs in it. And then your big bet size needs to have your worst bluffs. Because if you pot it here, say you bet 180,000 and Brian calls, well... Ace high is never good there, and king high is never good there, right? And therefore, your value does not matter at all. So if Donna's going to bet here, she probably wants to bet big because she should not have very many queen tens and jack tens. You think those are just bet the flop. So if she does have queen ten and jack ten, I think she needs to use a big size. Clearly, it's not going to work. Brian's never folding. But she does need to bluff this hand almost certainly. And for that reason, I would use a big size, something like 100, 160K. I think that's the only size that has any chance to get Brian off of a hand like pocket eights. I think if she bets 100K, he's going to call the vast majority of the time. Um, whenever Donna uses a big size, it polarizes her range to hands like aces, kings, queens that slow played and then just total air. But it really is hard to have total air at this point. So that's what I would do. I would bet big with this hand. And if I did have a hand like ace six that somehow decided to check call the flop, I think that's a hand you want to use with your small bet size. In this scenario, it doesn't matter at all. And in most scenarios, it's not going to matter that often, just because very rarely do the ranges line up perfectly to where you bet small with the ace six and your opponent calls with king queen, right? It just doesn't happen very often, but it does occasionally. So that's what I would do here. Donna does decide to bet though. It is worth mentioning as well that Donna's range may be all garbage. And if her range is all garbage, like ace high and worse, <laughs> that's not a good spot for her to be in, is it? Because she really just cannot win this pot unless she assumes Brian's gonna be especially weak on the river. And so far, we've seen no reason to think Brian is going to be weak. So she bets 65K. She uses a small sizing, 65 into 180. And like I said, I would have used a 160 size or so. And now Brian has to decide if he should raise or call. And some people may say, well, clearly raise. You have three threes. But if Donna bet big here, like say she did bet 160, I actually like just calling. Because then Donna is saying, essentially, I have a really good hand and or I have nothing. And if you think about the really good hands, that's going to be pocket nines that slow played, pocket fives that slow played, and that's about it. That said, I mean, maybe, maybe she should, should still just raise. It's pretty detrimental whenever you raise and you get called in this spot, because what's your opponent really calling your raise with? That said, whenever the board does brick off two different flush draws, I guess you should still just raise even if your opponent bets big. Given the sack sizes, if she bet 160 out of four, 480, she should probably still call with aces, kings, and queens, and jacks, I guess, if you shove, given all the draws missed. So you know what? I think he should even shove. I think he should even raise if she bet big. When she bets small, though, I think it's a mandatory raise. Because if you just go through that thought process that I did, you're only losing the pocket nines and pocket fives, right? And because of that, that range is just so tiny. Also, think about how the hand played out. It went check call on the flop, 
check check on the turn and then small bet on the river. In general, when people use small bet sizes, it's usually with some sort of a marginal made value hand, like pocket eights or nine eight or maybe even something like ace king that's making a weird value bet, although that would not be a good value bet. So given Donna's range should be quite weak here, or at least, you know, way weaker than three threes, I think Brian needs to go for a big, a reasonable raise. Now, Whenever you're trying to figure out how much to raise, you want to ask, what can my opponent realistically call with? And here, how much will pocket eights call? How much will nine eight call? How much will pocket three or pocket fours call? How much will ace king call? And the answer is not a whole lot, right? So I think if you're going to raise, you want to make it something like 150k over her 65k bet. If you think for some reason she's going to be very calling stationy, then definitely shove all in if she'll call off. But I really doubt she's going to call off in the spot without a pretty good hand. And given the way the hand played out, she probably doesn't have a pretty good hand. So I like a small raise, even though normally you're trying to get full value from your best hands. So Brian thinks for a while. Think, think, think. And he just calls. And this is a clear error given the way the hand played out. But also it demonstrates a mistake that many people make on a regular basis, especially in small and medium stakes games, is that it, that is that they don't raise or get enough value on the river. They think in this scenario, well, I could be beat and I don't want to lose a whole lot, so I'm just going to call. But in this situation, the way the, way the hand played out, pretty much no matter what, ace three is essentially the nuts. I mean, I guess you could have ace four, but again, why would she bet so small on the river? It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. In this scenario, you just have to go for value. Yeah. So anyway, he left a lot of money on the table there. Obviously, this time he left no money on the table because Donna had queen high. But whenever Donna does have one of those made hands, she is going to call the raise some portion of the time. And it's very, very close to impossible for her to have ace-3 beat at this point. So yeah, got to go for value. Don't be afraid to get value, especially when you crush all your opponent's range. And you may even think in this scenario, well, my opponent probably doesn't call many worse hands if I raise. But you're going to surprise yourself. They're going to call with some worse hands. And you're just printing money every time they call. Even if they only call like 20% of the time, you know, you're still printing money that 20% of the time. So that's gonna be it for this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. Hope you enjoyed it. If you have not already, make sure you go to my training site, pokercoaching.com. There I have lots and lots of interactive quizzes and homework questions. And this would actually be a good example of one where I would ask, what is your strategy on the river when Donna bets 65K? And the answer is gonna be to raise with some bluffs and raise with some nut hands. And this is definitely... A nut hand. And if you study the spot away from the table ahead of time, you will see why you need to raise in this spot. So yeah, good luck in your games, and I'll talk to you next week.